0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. That's awesome. Well, we're in this series called, uh, uh, what is it we're calling? I've Got the Power, and this is week week 11. Can you believe that? I mean, this morning when Jimmy prayed for me, and he was praying, Lord, for these 10 weeks we've been in this, and I thought, 10 weeks? Man, we should have already understood everything in 10 weeks, and we still got a couple of more weeks to go, but they're going to be the best. Uh, We've kept the best for last. I'm so excited. Our theme verse is Acts 1 and 8. Would you say it with me? I know you know it, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. As we approach your word, we don't take for granted that we've read a passage and we understand everything there is about it. And Lord, as I approach this subject that sometimes uh, is so scary to people and people tiptoe around it and worry about it, uh, Lord, I just pray today you'd give us revelation. Help me to say what you want me to say and not say anything I shouldn't say. Give me revelation. Let the gifts of the Spirit, I pray for the best gifts to flow through me today, Lord, that I could understand, that I could know how to do this better. Because I just confess, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you today. I need you. We need you today for understanding in your name. Amen. Today we want to talk about gifts of inspiration. I was blown away in this season of America's Got Talent. I like that. There's a little nine-year-old girl by the name of Victory Brinker. Do you you remember that? She blew the judges away with her voice. Nine years old, very short, but a powerful voice. In fact, I mean, the vocal cords of that tiny little girl was so rich, warm, and rounded. They gave her the uh, first time they've ever done that. They all gave her the golden buzzer, which means that she went straight through. Man, what a great, great voice. Well, I know that very few of us, because I hear you on Sunday mornings, have a very good, unique singing voice. But isn't it wonderful that people that do have that voice... But listen, the Holy Spirit bring gifts that speak through us, through our vocal cords. Some people call them uh, 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 speaking gifts. I think that they're called inspirational gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12... We've been looking at in the last several weeks the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? We looked at revelation gifts. If you weren't here that Sunday, go back and listen to that, the power gifts. But today I want to talk about the inspiration gifts. And Paul lists those in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. He says, to another, the gift of prophecy. And I looked at that last week, right? And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. We're going to look at that today. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. So, some couple things here. In review, it's there in your notes. We talked about the gift of prophecy. Say, gift of prophecy. Read that with me. It's a message of encouragement from God delivered through a human vessel to another person or persons. Today, we want to talk about the gift of tongues. And here's how we can define that. The gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, is a spirit-energized ability, say it with me, to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or one you might have learned in school. Let's say that again. The gift of tongues is a spirit, we, we can all say it together, okay? It's on the screen right there. Ready? Go. Are you trying to write? You can write and talk at the same time. Here we go. To spirit-energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or one you might have learned in school. And then Paul talks about the gift of interpretation of tongues. That's the spirit-empowered ability to translate a public utterance of tongues into a language of the congregation. Now... As we move into this today, I've asked you at the very beginning to just give me a blank sheet of paper. And let me just share with you. Now, in the midst of teaching this, we all come from different backgrounds. Some of you come from a background that... You know, you were just wild and out there in the spirit. And others of you come from churches that are very quiet, and reserved, and you never really heard much about Holy Spirit. He was kind of like the weird uncle that uh, that didn't come around much or he didn't talk about. But I said, this this in this series, in the last 10 weeks, just give me a blank sheet of paper. Let's look at the Word. Let's look at the Word. Here's what shortcuts that. When you say, well, I think or I feel, then you shortcut it what the Lord might want to do in your life. I mean, there are a lot of things. You know, when I, first, when I first started golfing, all right, I gave it up a long time ago, but I think I'm going to start again. But anyway, uh, it keeps, makes you pray, right? So when I f- went my first lesson, uh, he said to me, I know you're real comfortable in the way you're holding the club, but that's not going to work. Let me show you how you need to hold the club. And I said to him, but I've been doing this. And he said, no, change it like this. And here's what I said. It doesn't feel right. Right? It doesn't feel right. I think I should go back to the other way because I've been doing that all of my life. What if? What if you've been living by feelings when it comes to the Holy Spirit? Or what if you've been living by what I think or what I think I remember from what somebody taught me some time ago. But we say, hey, let's just go back to the Word. What does the Word say? So when we start talking about speaking in tongues, we, we often misunderstand. And people try to put everything together that Paul says is two different things. So here's what I want to say to you today. Here's point number one in your notes. Don't confuse the gift of tongues with the grace of tongues. Say, gift of tongues... grace of tongues now what i want to share with you today just real quickly in that but you may want to do some more study i think the best book out and this is a new expanded version some of you have jack hayford's old book called the beauty of a spiritual language this is a brand new and expanded and i really would encourage you to get it and in here he talks about, it says, people often think speaking in tongues is either gibberish gibberish, or emotional exuberance. They think it's strange, dramatic, or sometimes excessive. Even among spirit-filled communities, there's a disagreement over that. And then he goes on, and in, his, in this book, he talks about the difference in the grace of tongues and the gift of tongues. So, the gift of tongues is that which the Holy Spirit manifests from this 1 Corinthians chapter 12 passage. The grace of tongues is my prayer language or my heavenly language. So, let's look at this. The gift of tongues refers to the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's say that together. The gift of tongues refers to the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Again, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are all those gifts. There are nine gifts, and three of them are speaking gifts. The gift of, of prophecy, the gift of speaking in tongues, and the gift of interpreting that. So this grace gift, this this gift of the spirit is what would happen in like like a public meeting like this. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says to them, you come behind in none of the spiritual gifts. He says, you guys rock it when it comes to spiritual gifts. Nobody does spiritual gifts as much as you do. But he says, I need to bring some direction to you. Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, we're not going to speak in tongues anymore. He doesn't say, we're not going to do this anymore. He doesn't do that, but he brings order. He says, I I want you to understand that what happens in your personal prayer time is different than what happens in a service where we have believers and non-believers and everyone together. So when he talks about the gift of tongues, it's a manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. The grace of tongues, however, notice grace, which is a gift, describes the tongues that we speak in our private devotional time. We call it our spiritual prayer language or the heavenly language that energizes our ability to pray, worship, and give thanks. Heavenly language. Next week, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the pure language. I've been in 75 nations of this world... And there's only one language that's pure that doesn't have any cussing. Isn't that interesting? In every language, there's always, there's some cuss words. I've been to places and speaking with an interpreter, sometimes in some places I've been, I spoke through two interpreters. So I spoke, this one interpreted, and this one interpreted. So I took a nap and went to get a Starbucks in between. I mean, I had that much time. But in the midst of all of that, sometimes I would say something and the translator would say to me, I, you don't say that in our language. That's a cuss word. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I don't want to do that. But there's only one language that doesn't have any cuss words. It's the pure language, Amen. the heavenly language. And I'm going to talk about that next week. What, what, do you, what language do you think we speak in heaven? It's not American. So, well, I think it's probably we speak, uh, we speak uh, in Jewish tongue. Hebrew. No. I mean, when God spoke to Adam and Eve, that was long before Abraham. But there was, remember he said, he came down and he said, these guys have such unity of language that if I don't confuse them, they can build this tower to heaven. He says, they're able to do that because of the power of language. And remember, he, dist- he, he messes up their language so they're not speaking all the same thing. But then the Bible, and we'll look at this next week, in the Old Testament, the prophet says he's going to restore the language. He's going to restore that. So next week, we're going to look at what is that pure language? What is that language? You don't want to miss next week. I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss. And we're going to have several people share their testimony of what God has done in their life. So it's going to be really, really, really good. Say really, really good. So when we talk about a spiritual prayer language or a heavenly language, we're talking about this ability to speak in tongues. Now, if it's in a corporate service like today, and, and, the, and the thought is that we're teaching, we're working with this, that it's, it's not a place that everybody jumps up like that's what was happening at Corinth. Somebody to give up and they'd speak in tongues. Somebody else get up and prophesy, prophesy, somebody do something else. Paul never says those are not good things. He said, I just want to bring you some direction." So in a worship service like today that we have believers and unbelievers, Paul says, uh, we'll look at that in a minute, that if someone were to speak out in tongues and interrupt the service, I'm not talking about in your prayer or your worship time. Some of you have done it very quietly today. You haven't disturbed anybody. You haven't bothered anybody, right? But sometimes I've been and you've been in a service where somebody would stand up or they'd speak out loud uh, in tongues, In a corporate setting like this with other people that are believers and non-believers. And so what I would do then is I would say, well, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that in a service like this, if someone speaks in a tongue, then you need to pray that you could interpret that or else he needs to be silent. And so I put a person on the edge. I say, would you like to interpret that? Interpret that. You see uh, uh, what happens in, people come from maybe a background in which they saw that happen all the time. A lot of people did that because they thought it was a, a medal that they've got. I speak in tongues I want everybody to know I speak in tongues listen to me speaking in tongues is not that you have a medal on your heart that you sing it doesn't make you more spiritual than somebody else it doesn't make you more spiritual than someone who's never heard of this the only thing that makes you spiritual is the blood of Jesus Christ that covers you right right but there are a lot of people that think that if I speak in tongues out loud so everybody can see me then Man, they'll say, Boy, you're really close to God. That doesn't mean you're close to God. God, remember the Old Testament, He spoke through a donkey once. I'm just saying, all right? But in a service, and but then again, I don't want you to. Here's what I've been hearing all for two weeks as I've been preparing for this. Because, and I've been, I've been, I've been praying. And I felt like the Lord saying, Why do people tiptoe around the gifts that I give? Why is the church so afraid of the prayer language or being able to speak in tongues? Why are people so afraid of that? We say, well, we've seen abuses and we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen abuses. How many of you have seen an abuse for your favorite restaurant? You know, something didn't go right, but it didn't keep you from that, right? I mean, I've seen donuts that were really abusive. They didn't know how to make a donut. But guess what? It's all I can do to pass by Donut King because I know they know what they're doing. But here's, why, is it, why is it in everything else in life, we can sort through what may not be right. But when it comes to this whole thing of receiving a prayer language or a heavenly language in our life, that in my personal prayer time, as Paul says, I can pray in that. But why is it then? we t- I believe it's because the devil knows. Look, some of you are at wit's end of having to know how to pray anymore in your life. But what if the whole thing, the Lord says, I have given you a gift long ago to give you the ability to pray beyond where you are, but we've been afraid that somebody would misunderstand. I heard somebody say, well, I'm just afraid that, you know, if we go too far in this, people will come in and they'll misunderstand. And? and what do you think everybody that comes into church understands why we have such loud worship and it's so emotional do you under, do you believe everybody that comes to church understands there's some people come from a church background that had no band right do you think it makes them feel a little weird when they walk in and we got drums we got and we play loud do you think that makes, do you think they understand it no but they sense something is real in this worship You see, when you stand and you sing and you worship, there may be an unbeliever standing beside you. They don't even know. They can't even read the words. But they understand the spirit that's happening. I'm saying as a church, we need to quit worrying so much about what people are going to think or how uncomfortable they are. And we need to yield ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, there will be order in this house... And if somebody gets out of order, if somebody says something, I'll say, hey, according to the scripture, here's what we do. So would you just relax and allow the Holy Spirit to just empower you in whatever way he needs to do? Amen? So let's observe when you study chapter 13, 14, and 15 of 1 Corinthians. Let me just give you some side notes. These are not in your notes, so let me just give you some side notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the introduction of the gifts of the Spirit. Say introduction. Introductions of the gifts of the Spirit. And then second, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the Spirit of the gifts. The Spirit of the gifts. Say the Spirit of the gifts. So in chapter 12, he introduces the spiritual gifts to us. There's word of knowledge, word of wisdom. There's prophecy, discerning of spirit. There's gifts of faith, gifts of healing, all of those things. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, all in that 1 Corinthians chapter 9, okay? So we look at all that. So in chapter 13, he says, here's the spirit of the gift. He says, in chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Paul says, everything we do with the spiritual gifts must be done in Love. Say, in love. In love. In love. Everything we need to do is to do in love. And then in chapter 14, he gives and talks about the administration of the gifts. Say, administration. Administration of the gifts. Chapter 12, introduction of the gifts. Chapter 13, the spirit of the gifts. Chapter 14, the administration of the gifts. So, what Paul does in chapter 14 is he gives us guidelines to balance speaking in tongues in a corporate service or speaking in tongues in my private prayer time. So he says here's, I mean, look, look at the balancing act. So many people read chapter 14 and they think it all has to do just with what happens in church. Or they think it all happens to do just what happened in my personal life. But look at, look at the balancing act in chapter 14. Paul says this, I, I love this. He says, I speak in tongues more than you all. But in church, I'd rather speak five minutes, five words that people would understand. So he says, I speak in tongues more than everybody. I'm just doing that. That's what he says. But he says, but in corporate setting, when everyone is around, I would rather speak five words in English, Spanish, Hebrew, Greek, whatever you understand, than to do all the others, you see. So then what's he talking about? If he says... I speak in tongues more than you all, the only thing that we could actually understand is that that's in his private prayer time. In his private prayer time, wherever that is. But he said, but when it comes to church, I want people to understand so that when I say something, somebody can say, amen, let it be so. So on one hand, he says, I speak in tongues more than you all, but I'd rather speak five words that you can understand. And then he says, this is really weird. He says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. He said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So the question is, does everybody speak in tongues when they're baptized in or with the Holy Spirit? And I simply say, no, not necessarily, because Paul said that, that he said, he says, does all speak in tongues? And he says, no. But what he's talking about there is in a corpus setting, God doesn't always use all of us in first Corinthians chapter 12 to bring out. A a spoken word, a grace word to the church. But the potential, listen to this, but, here's the big one, the the but. So he says, not everyone speaks in tongues in a corporate gathering, but the potential, say potential. potential, the potential exists for every believer to pray in tongues in their private prayer time. So don't worry. Don't worry about saying, well, you know, if I get too close to this, you know, maybe I'll, I, might, I, I might feel like I'm supposed to stand and say something. And then the pastor will say, you better give an interpretation. So forget about that, okay? Forget, forget about worrying about what, how that you'll be used of the Lord in a corporate setting. Let's focus on our private prayer time. How many of you are praying about things and you've come to the end of your ability to know how to pray for those? See, in between services, someone laid, some, a lady said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm so upset with all the politicians, not just one part, but all the politicians, that I really don't know how to pray, except I pray in my prayer language because my prayer language, I know, it says, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit knows what is the heart and mind of God. So when I pray in my prayer language, I know I'm agreeing with God. I'm I'm agreeing with God, right? I mean, sometimes uh, we just, we come to the end of where we are. So look at at some questions that are often asked. Number one, is tongue speaking primarily directed to men or to God? Glad you asked that. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse two says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to whom? To God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. The mystery there is the word mysterion, which means something that was not previously known but is known now. So is tongue speaking directed to men or to God? To God. Second of all, is tongues a form of prayer? In other words, I'm praying maybe in a language I don't understand, but is it prayer? And Paul says yes. For he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but unto God. So there are times in my prayer time that I'll say, Lord, I don't know how else to pray about this. But I know that the Spirit, you sent the Spirit so that I would be able to know how to pray in the Spirit. So I yield to your Spirit. And I launch out. Now, to me, I... I pray in the Spirit quite often. Now, I'm not going to say, you need to copy what I do, and I'm not going to give you verse and chapter. I'm saying, this is what I do. This is what I do. And as far as I know, it's not wrong, scripture-wise. So there are times during the day that I'm praying, and I'm, I'm praying in my prayer language. It doesn't matter if it's long or short, okay? It doesn't matter that. And so what I'll do is maybe I'll get up in the morning, and as I'm, I'm going, getting in the shower, in the shower is sort of like my prayer closet sometimes, and, and I'll just pray, uh, pray in the shower. And there are times that I'm getting dressed, and I'll pray in the Spirit. Time I'm driving to church with my eyes open, and I'll pray in the Spirit. There are times at night when I get ready to go to sleep, and I'll pray in the Spirit. There are times in the middle of the night that the Lord will wake me up, and I will pray in the spirit, in my prayer language, in my mind. Because I don't want to wake her up. You say, can you do that? Well, I've been doing that. You say, do you think the Lord hears that? He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. And if the Holy Spirit is in resident in me, then I can pray. We pray, right, sometimes in our mind. We say, Lord, you know, help this person in front of me to get out of the left lane into the right lane before I go, right? And maybe you don't pray that out loud, but you think it, right? You think the Lord hears that? Sure he does. I'm going to tell you, there, there are so many beautiful things about this thing of praying in your spiritual prayer language. And even in the middle of the night, in my mind, my spirit can commune with God. Why? Why would anyone... Not want to walk in the fullness of this blessing that God in helps us as we move along. Is tongues also a way of worship and giving thanks to God? By all means. On the day of Pentecost, they heard them speak the mighty works of God, right? So Paul says in verses 15 and 16 of 1 Corinthians 14, what's the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I'll also pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit, and I'll also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless, look at that. If you bless with the Spirit, you know, what bless? What is blessing? It's another form of prayer, right? You say, okay, let's bless the food. Well, what are you doing there? You're, you're praying. He says, so I bless with the Spirit, and he who occupies the place of the uninformed, so they can say amen at the giving of your thanks, since he does not understand what to say. For you indeed give thanks as well. Think giving thanks there is another form of prayer. Paul evidently is saying, he says it right there. He said, I pray in Greek, Hebrew, Armenian, whatever, Aramaic, and then I also pray in the Spirit. I sing in my native language, and then I sing in tongues. He says, I do that. I do that. I, I, I'm able to do that because of, 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 of this, this blessing. So it gives us a level of worship and praise. Here's another question. Can a person pray for another person in uninterpreted tongues? That's uh, praying for someone in their presence. I pray in tongues for you every day. I pray in the Spirit in my prayer language for my staff, for my family, for others. And then there are times that somebody comes to me and says, I I need prayer. And they they bring a need. And sometimes that need is so much bigger than I could even think about. And I'll know as I move into that, I'll say something like this. And they may not be a Spirit-filled believer. And so I'll say something like this to them. I want to pray with you, but I know sometimes in praying, I come to the end of the English words I need to pray. And when I do that, then I get to the place that I know I have a prayer language of the Holy Spirit that I can pray for you in. So I'd like to ask your permission that if I get to the end of praying in English, And I sense that the Holy Spirit is giving me something to pray. Would you allow me, without embarrassing you or make you feel bad, would you allow me to exercise this and pray in the Spirit? I've never had anyone say no. Because you see, when you get desperate, when you get to the end of yourself, you're just simply saying, I want somebody to get a prayer through for me. And that's why we need more and more and more of being able to edify ourselves and build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. So how might tongues help us in our spiritual battle with demonic forces? We're going to look at this two weeks out. But I do want to look at Ephesians six and eighteen right now. Says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. One of the reasons you want to pray in your spiritual prayer language is the devil can't understand the heavenly language. He understands we're praying in English or Spanish, and he says, Oh, yeah, and he drops a thought into us to get us to pray, and then we worry instead of pray. But when I begin to pray in my spiritual prayer language, in my heavenly language, the devil, the demons that are assigned to me have to stand around and say, I have no idea what he's saying. He's praying in stealth. It's between the Holy Spirit that's within him and the Father's Son uh, uh, up above. And so he just stands there, oh shucks, I didn't do such a good job of keeping him from it. I'm telling you, when you get release of your spiritual prayer language and you begin to pray, all of a sudden there comes an energy, there comes an anointing there comes an ability that's far beyond yourself and you say I don't really know what I'm saying but I know to whom I'm saying it to and I understand there's something spiritual that's happening within me and I thank God for this special gift do you believe that today amen if you believe that those of you that are watching online give me a thumbs up or a hand clap and say yeah I'm with you I'm there today the next question is if I don't have the gift of tongues but desire it what should I do well, Jesus gives us the answer. Luke 11, 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, look at this. Read this out loud with me. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him. Why do we make it more difficult? Well, I'm just afraid, you know, because I was taught that if I open myself up to these spirits, then, then I can get a false spirit. I can get a demon spirit. That's a life in a pit of hell. Why? Because Jesus said, if you, being an, a, an evil father, I mean, you wouldn't give that to your son. How much more will your heavenly father, he wouldn't give you, a, he wouldn't give you something fake. You say, well, I don't understand it all. You don't have to understand it all. He said, you just come as a little child, and you ask as a little child. You see, the problem happens is that some of us are teenagers and not kids. You see, a kid will come to a father or a mother, and they'll just ask for something, and they'll just simply say, I, I don't have the ability to do that, so I'm just, I'm just asking. But then be, we become teenagers, and the church is full of teenagers. And then teenagers get an attitude. Teenagers think they know more than their parents. Teenagers want to argue about it. No, it's not in that teenage stage. It's where we get as a little kid and say, I don't understand everything. I've been doing this for 53 years, folks. I've been praying in my prayer language for over 60. And I'm going to tell you right now, I still don't know it all. And every day, even this morning when I came here early, I got on my knees and I said, Father, I don't understand it all, but I want to be like a child and I want to come to you and believe that you have a heavenly language for me. And I pray today that I can speak in such a way that people have a heart of a child can simply say, That's for me. I need that. Not a rebellious teenager who will say, Well, I don't believe this, I don't believe that, I don't believe this, I don't believe that. Well, just take it and don't believe it. But I'm going to believe it. And I hope you do too. I I hope that you have that desire, that desire. Please don't let anybody quench your zeal for the gift of speaking in tongues. People tend to mock, belittle, or diminish what they don't understand. But when it all comes to the end, folks, look at this. When it all comes to the end of all the dialogue you can, and I I don't have time to do all that today, so that's why I ask you to get this book, or or a Robert Morse book, which is The God I Never Knew. Robert came from a church background. You're going to see his testimony next Sunday. We're going to play that. He came from a church background that believed that there were no spiritual gifts. And it was a whole journey for him. And this book is about, he says, the God that I never knew. He said, I knew God the Father, I knew God the Son, but I never knew God the Spirit. But in this book, is a great pilgrimage. Robert Morris from Gateway Church would be really great for you. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39, when you boil it all down, here's what Paul says. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, he says, I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than you all in my private prayer time. And then in 1 Corinthians 14 and 5, he says this, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. Please hear me. Speaking in tongues is not a verification of anything other than your desire to have all that God has for us. I heard somebody say, well, I heard you say that the only way that you know that you've been filled with the Spirit is you speak in tongues. I never said that. I said, it happens, and it will happen, and everybody who's filled with the Spirit has that potential. But there are some baptized in the Spirit, and they've never spoken in tongues. They have the ability to do that, but they've never really tapped onto that and done that. So I don't want you to think about that it makes you like a super saint. But there are benefits. I mean, if there are benefits to me having a prayer language, why wouldn't I want to exercise that? First of all, there's the benefit of intimacy with God say intimacy with God. Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue speaks directly to God. In other words, you're tuned into God. You say, yeah, but can't I pray in English? Sure you can, but do you know everything you need to pray about? Do you know every way that you should? How many of you, when you, when you recognize this verse, and you've memorized it. It's probably on your refrigerator somewhere, one of your favorite ones. When, I, when you recognize this verse, join along with me because I think you'd probably know it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We like that verse, right? What's it say? Everything's going to work out for good. Everything's going to work out for good. Don't get nervous, Jennifer. We like that, right? Right? But let's go back two verses. You can't pull that out of context. There's two verses that precede that. Verse 26 and 27. Look at this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. He's not saying it's automatic. But he's saying, have you prayed with the Spirit about this? And if you haven't prayed with the Spirit about that, then don't assume that it's going to be all right. Because we use that. I mean, people going through a crisis, and we say to them, oh, it's going to be all right. The Bible says God uses everything It's going to No, don't take it out of context. Whatever you do, don't take it out of context. You give a false hope. It's it's a false hope when you say everything's going to work out, but people don't precede that by praying in the perfect will of God with our personal prayer language that God gives us. So there's an intimacy with God. There's a power to pray beyond ourselves. And then there's a capacity to worship beyond ourselves. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. Because of the intimacy with God the being able to pray. He says, it gives me a supernatural capacity for worship. He says, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Anita asked you a few minutes ago and said that we're a church of next steps. So would you take out that connection card that you have, and on the back, You you fill it out, especially if you're a first-time guest, fill that out and uh, bring that out to the next steps, uh, out to the gifts table. We have a gift that we want to give you. But if you're here, I want to pray with you uh, this week about your next step. So on the back, it says, my next step is maybe to become a first-time follower of Jesus or recommit my life to Jesus. At the end of the service today, our prayer team will be down front. In the last service... What was it, Pastor Tim? A young little 14-year-old boy came down and said, I want to give my heart to the Lord. So maybe that's it today. You want to do that, or there's other. Or maybe down at the bottom there where it says prayer request, you say, you know what? I've been confused about this spiritual prayer language, but I really would like to see that operate in my life more. Or maybe in years past that you have, or maybe it's you need healing or your strength. Or you may be the one that Andrea said about the marriage, that your, your marriage needs to be strengthened in the midst of that. Would you take just a, a minute or so and just write down what you consider would be a next step for you this week? We all have next steps, next steps to take. What would that be for you? What would that be for you? And then as you leave today, you can just give that to one of our ushers and they'll very privately put it somewhere where no one will see it, that shouldn't see it, I want to pray for you. But before we go today, I want us to look a little bit about this, to being able to worship beyond myself. Paul says, I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding. People say, well, what is singing with the Spirit? That's happened to you. If you're a believer, that's happened to you. There are times that <clears throat> you just begin thinking about how good God has been to you. Maybe you're in the car by yourself or in your prayer time or even in church like, like today. And on the inside of you, you just you just feel like this, this song or these words. Sometimes it's not even a whole song. It's a word like, it's like, hallelujah just comes you say oh that's just in my mind no that's the beginning of a a spirit-led song and you say hallelujah 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 and man it's just like it's just like you connect with something beyond yourself that's what paul says he says "I, i sing with my understanding but he also says, I sing in this heavenly language. So what I sense sometimes is that as, as I start releasing that song, I start releasing that song, then all of a sudden there will come into my mind words or expressions that are far beyond me. And that's happened to you. There's so many people say, you know how I receive my prayer language? On the way home after church. I had on some praise and worship, and I just felt like I should just praise the Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, I thank you. They said, tears began pouring down. And then all of a sudden, it's like these words came into my mind that that I've never studied before. And I thought, nobody's in the car that I could be embarrassed about. Nobody's gonna say it was gibberish. And they say, I just began singing. In that new language and I just felt God in the room if you've never received your prayer language I challenge you when you go home if you're driving in the car by yourself just try that just begin to release a song release a song or maybe but tonight beside your bed before you go to bed kneel down and say Lord I think this is real I know it's real and i just feel a song welling up in me because you're worthy of worship you're worthy of all you're worthy of worship and i want to i want to i just want to yield that to you i just want to yield that to you i just feel like today maybe i'd like to pray for you before we rush out would you would you stand i just feel like i'd i just i just like to pray with you and for you today I want to lead you in prayer. I'm not going to lead you in speaking in tongues. Many of you have received your spiritual heavenly language in your life, and I rejoice with you in that. Some of you are hungry because you haven't received your prayer language. I just pray that you get hungrier. Is that a word, hungrier? should be. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and maybe just lift your hands if you feel comfortable? And let me lead you in a prayer. Would you say this, Father God, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for loving me and forgiving me of my sins. So many times in my prayer life, I feel like John Wesley, who wrote the song, Oh, for a thousand tongues, to sing your praise. Lord, I come today, and I ask you to refresh me, fill me with your spirit. And you just be quiet and just sit there and listen, and I want to pray for you, and then we'll come back and we'll pray together some at the end. Lord, I pray for those that are here today and those that are watching online who practice regularly praying in their spiritual language. And I pray, Lord, that you give them a fresh filling. Fresh filling. Because sometimes the oil runs dry. And Lord, I pray for those that are here today or those that are online that have been seeking but never had a release of their spiritual prayer language. They're open to your spirit. And I pray that you help them to come like a little kid coming before the throne Say, Lord, I worship you. Overflow me now. Help me to speak what you put in my spirit to worship you with. And Lord, I also pray for those that are here. And in the past, they really exercised this gift quite a bit. But somehow in the last months or weeks, they've neglected it. I pray for a fresh awakening. A fresh awakening in their life. Now, would you pray this last sentence with me? Lord, I ask that what has just been prayed would happen in my life. And I would leave this house today living in your way, in your word, in your will, and with an openness to the working of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. Now, as you're standing there with your hands lifted, if you feel comfortable, would you just begin releasing your own song to the Lord? Just begin releasing a, a, a song to Him. Just a hallelujah, Lord, I worship you. Just there and just, just, you just begin to do that out loud. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks, don't worry about that, you just, just begin to just sing to Him. Why, why just release that, Lord, we release our worship to you. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.